And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my super fun, woo, that's a serious look I'm getting, let's, sidekick. Let's bending. go with sleepy. Let's go with sleepy. <laughs> I was yeah. getting glared at. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to glare. <laughs> there was glaring I'm wondering happening. if, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired today, I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm actually wondering if, like, I could, like, put the chair back like this. No, no, it's not going to sit in close enough there. Um. No, I might just lay down under the table here and take a nap while you do your thing. So, anyway. How supportive of you. Yeah, I know. I know. I do what I can. So. Yeah. Hi, how's it going? Peachy, you? It's sleepy, like Clearly. I said. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> We've like had I a lot sh- of things going on lately. So. I-, I should have brought him coffee, yeah. apparently. I should have made coffee, honestly, and I didn't. So mm. Sometimes I'm a boob. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> All right, my boob sidekick. Your boob sidekick. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll take right. that. <laughs> I don't know what it means, Ooh, but yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Anywho, so so what's going on today? You know, well, we're going to talk about contracts. Oh boy! All right, let's do it. This is important. I know. This I, is real law. People yeah. can use. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Okay. So. Not that bullshit law we've been shoveling <laughs> for the past year or so, right? <laughs> well, everybody enters into contracts. You just don't always realize that's what you're entering into. Yep. So every time you click on, I accept your terms and conditions. Yeah. Your end user license agreement. Your ULA. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. <laughs> or, you know, you post on Facebook. Yep. Guess what? Yep. You signed a contract to do that. Yes, you did. Um, you know, you signed the waiver because you want to play whatever sport at the facility. You signed the waiver. <laughs> um, so those are all contracts and versions of contracts. You jumped out of the plane. You signed a contract. Yep. Yep. Now, there's also verbal contracts. Mm-hmm. Implied contracts. Are we going to talk about how verbal contracts work? Because I'm still a little hazy on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> Got they, an example? Do, do they work? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> okay. That's basically the answer then. <laughs> right. So, for instance, um, certain contracts are required to be in writing. Okay. Every state has what's called the statute of frauds. There might be little differences here and there, but essentially, if it's going to take more than a year for the contract to be performed, it mm-hmm. has to be in writing. So, okay. like, a five-year lease can't be verbal. Okay. It would be considered a month-to-month lease that's just been going on a long time. Okay. All right. If it's not in writing. Okay. Um, any contract for real estate, generally speaking, has to be in writing. Makes sense. And each state has a different dollar value, but anything that has a dollar value over a certain amount is supposed to be in writing. That being said, there there are lawsuits filed every single day based on verbal contracts. For instance, my client doing a concrete demolition and replacement job. 
Okay. For a residential contract, or uh, for, it, for for the for the listeners at home, I'm really glad she didn't say her client, who's a media production company. So <laughs> right. Yeah. So all right, no. that's so, good. My client is a contractor. He goes to a lady's house and says, "The lady says I need this, this, and this done." Okay. Okay. There's another contractor doing another bit of work to replace some floorboards and stuff underneath the house. Okay. Okay. What had happened is water was flowing. Instead of away from the house on the concrete patio, it was flowing to the house. That's bad. Getting under the house and causing mold, mildew, yeah. rotting yeah. problems. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Very bad. Yeah. Okay. So my client quotes this woman verbally. Um, let's just say it's six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. The scope of the work was to tear out the patio. Pull up the dirt so the other contractor can get underneath, fix mm-hmm. what they need to fix. Sure. And then put it back. Mm-hmm. Just as it was. Right. Okay. Everybody agrees. hmm They show up. They figure out... So, most patios are four-inch slabs. Okay. Which you can tear apart with a spud bar and shovels, basically. I often do, yes. Oh, all the time. Yep. Yes. Me and my spud bar. Right. Because when I think construction, I think Ben Needenthal. You should. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is demolition. You should definitely think of me in demolition. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Okay. Well, come to find out, it was actually a six to eight inch slab. You can't use a spud bar. You have to go get a jackhammer. All right. Okay. So my client stares out everything. Mm -hmm. And then the other contractor and this lady say, hey, we need a trench dug underneath the house. Could you go ahead and do that? Like underneath the house? Right, because they need to tear out the wood that has now rotted underneath the house because this water has been flowing into it. Yeah, fair enough. So my client does that part. Mm -hmm. The lady pays half. Okay. Okay, so they do the demo, pays half, they go back. They tear out this trench, mm-hmm. which is enough for a man to lay in. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, climbs under the house and is replacing boards. Yeah. Okay. Then the lady's neighbor comes over and says, oh, I would have done that for a thousand bucks. Okay. She terminates the contract. Perfect. Okay. Obviously, a dispute ensues, mm-hmm. and they say, fine, if you'll just go away, I'll give you a thousand bucks back, go away. Yeah. She doesn't accept that. Hmm. She sues them. Now. Oh, good. The majority of the work is not in pouring back the concrete. Right. That's the easy part. Right. Majority of the work is tearing out concrete, throwing it in a wheelbarrow, mm-hmm. wheeling it out to the street. Yeah. Dumping it into a dump truck, mm-hmm. lather, rinse, and repeat. Right. Right. Over and over and over and over. Right. That's, that's no, a lot of concrete. Right. Yeah. That's no fun. Right. Okay. And they weren't going to charge her for the additional thickness of the concrete or digging the trench. Yeah. But then she was a jerk. Yeah. So, back to the old rule. Don't be a dick. Right. Okay. So, she sues them. My client's like... I'm not willing to settle for anything. I'm ticked. I want the rest of my money. I don't blame him. Okay. 
So she wanted a refund based on the fact that they said, yeah, we'll give you a thousand bucks if you go away Mm -hmm. just to make her go away. But she wouldn't go away. Hmm. She never accepted the thousand dollars. Right. So that's what we call an offer and compromise that you can't use as evidence. Ah. That was the whole basis of her complaint is she wanted a refund. Gotcha. She never said that the work was done poorly. Yeah. She never said. This is all because a neighbor walked over and said I could do that for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we go to trial. My client has said 85% of the job was done. The concrete's the easy part. Sure. And we had this much time and labor in digging that trench. So we're actually owed an additional (laughs) $3,000. Right. Yeah. Reason you should have an attorney, folks, is the judge said you should really go get an attorney. And she said, no, I just want to argue my case. She had no witnesses. She had no one to say that they had only done 10% of the job, which they hadn't. Yeah. They had, she had no one to testify yeah. as to anything related to the job, but she agreed that the original price was $6,000. Yeah. We had pictures of what work was completed. Right. She tried to argue that she couldn't tell if one picture showed a grown man underneath the house in the trench. The judge yelled at her for that one. <laughs> She's like, you're just being difficult. Yeah. <clears throat> That's clearly a man in a bright yellow t-shirt under the house. Yeah. And then the judge proceeded to grant judgment in favor of my client. Fair enough. Good. No written contract. Yeah. No written proposal. Yeah. But clearly there was an agreement. Yeah. And no one disputed the terms of the agreement. Right. So where a verbal contract becomes an issue is when you're not clear about the terms. Right. So, question then is... Hmm. Do you actually have to do a wet ink signature on written contracts? Do emails count? Do voicemails count? Um, does dot loop or electronic signatures count? Mm-hmm. Answer is it depends. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's how everything in law works. Yeah. All right. So real estate contracts specifically. Um, Ohio and most states have adopted the uniform electron... Ugh, Let's try that again. Uniform Electronic Transaction Act. Um, okay. Right. UIDA. That's for my short. favorite act. It's, your, it's my favorite, too. It's a great act. Okay. So, what this allows you to do in the age of the internet, yeah. and especially for real estate contracts, anyone who has sold, bought or sold a house, realtors use Dot Loop okay. or other such services. Okay. Where you log in, you click. Sign here, mm-hmm. and your name and kind of a computer script font mm-hmm. goes where you're supposed to sign. Cool. And you have signed it. Okay. Okay. That counts. Okay. Completely binding. Okay. Okay. So no problems there. Do you often find people trying to argue that these methods don't count? Does that happen a lot? Yes and no. Okay. So for dot... <laughs> it depends. It depends. <laughs> you should it change depends. the name of this podcast to It, it depends. depends. Yeah. Okay. So when it's dot loop, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Because that is a signature. Yeah. It's an electronic signature. Sure. But you had to log in and click sign. Mm-hmm. So that, that's held up pretty solid. Right. Um, 
where there's questions is, what about if you're negotiating over email? Hmm. Or leaving voicemails back and forth. Right. That's where it starts to get kind of hairy. Sure. Um, so to do it over a electronic signature program, no problem. Mm-hmm. That counts. Still qualifies. Um, typing your name according to the act. Now, when you say email, I, I'm sorry to keep uh, holding you up on things. When you say like do it through email, you're talking about like you discuss terms back and forth and then... Use that as sort of the framework of an of, a, of an arrangement, or yeah. So you never actually put the agreement into writing. Okay. Okay. So, um, and this happens between attorneys all the time. Yeah. So, for instance, um, I say that sounds reasonable. You know, opposing counsel and I are discussing a case, mm-hmm. and he gives me a proposal that I think is reasonable, mm-hmm. and I say. That sounds reasonable to me. I will take it back to my client. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have I agreed to it? No. Right. If I word that any different way, somebody could make the argument yeah, you that can I make have. The argument okay. that, you know, oh, no, you were saying, yes, that sounds fine to me. Right. Yeah. So, according to the UEDA Act, mm-hmm. typing your name at the bottom of an email or saying your name as part of a voicemail can, mm-hmm. in some cases, be considered a signature. Mm. So that's why we want to be careful mm. about our emails. Okay. Especially if we're negotiating. Yeah. And this is especially important if you are doing something with real estate. Sure. Because it, it can be twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, so real estate, right after a car accident. Yeah. Like you don't want to admit liability. Yeah. You don't, frankly... Get an attorney, talk to your insurance person, do something, but your words will get twisted around. Yeah. Period. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you got to be careful about what you put because it could be admitting liability. Mm -hmm. It could be signing a contract. Agreeing to something you don't actually agree to. Yeah. Right. Um, So, same thing. The reason, you know... Uh, anyone who has bought a house, you have to go to the closing and you sign everything with a pen, mm-hmm. not electronically. Right. It's because somebody has always disputed it. Mm. And every one of those disclosures, like, you know, the, if you are late or report, uh, if you are late or miss payments, we will report negatively to your credit bureaus. Mm. Notice. Yeah. Just in case you aren't sure, a yet separate notice these are the three credit bureaus we report to. Mm. That means someone at some point has challenged that. Right, right. You didn't tell me you were going to report to Equifax. Yeah. You said the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh. Right? Yeah. There's always a dumb argument you can make somewhere like that. Always. So most of that, those notices um, are consumer protections and protections for the bank to make sure that they have told you everything. Yeah. Okay. And they want a wet ink signature. Because that they are just going to scan and store electronically. Yeah. But they want to make sure that you actually signed it. Mm -hmm. Because even though you did your loan application and clicked signature on every one of those lines, Mm -hmm. you have to re-sign it in wet ink at closing. Mm. Because they don't trust the electronic signatures and Mm. are afraid it's going to open up arguments that it wasn't a valid signature. Huh. Right. 
So, certain hmm. companies, certain businesses still require a real signing of a contract. Interesting. Um, and that's because when you have multiple emails going back and forth, mm-hmm. which one controls? Yeah. The last in time? Well, what if that contradicts something else, which you actually said, sure. I agree to this? Sure. So, it starts creating a mess of what are the terms? Right. So, same thing with voicemail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you hire a contractor and they mess up. Yeah. Um, I have a friend in Texas, ironically. We <laughs> talked about Texas a lot last time. <clears throat> We're always dogging on Texas. Poor Texas. But I had a friend who hired a, a contractor to do like three projects. Mm-hmm. Contractor knew they were going to be out of town. Okay. Then he did like three more projects mm. because they were within his discretion. $8,000 more. Oh, boy. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he never finished the original work. Oh, good. Yeah. And then he was like, pay me. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we now have to hire somebody else to fix your work. Right. Because he didn't do the roof right and a few other things. Yeah. Building department, would he didn't get a um, building permit. Yeah. Which was required in that area. That seems like an important component. Right. Yeah. Which could create problems when they go to sell the house. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a lot of drama happening here. Fun. They had a written contract. He had nothing about these this additional work. He had some emails, mm-hmm. but none of it authorized. He lost. Hmm. Because he didn't get it in writing. Hmm. And most states, especially when it's consumer to contractor, yeah. have the Consumer Sales Practices Act, mm-hmm. which put special requirements hmm. on contractors. There's a okay. three-day right of rescission. There's all of this extra stuff. Right. So consumers are not harmed. Mm-hmm. Basically, you can't have the fly-by-night contractor swoop in, yeah. do cause a bunch of damage, and then be gone. Sure. Because you have three days to kind of check them out. Sure. Right. Okay. So... The, the, this contract thing, it can work to your favor or mm. work against you. Right. Depends on what the dispute is. Yeah. I would tell you always get it in writing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's a smart approach. I mean, it's something that, as you know, I'm starting to move towards with what I do and everything. And it's... Absolutely. Because it's starting to become a thing. We had a client that, that decided, you know, halfway through, like I had him sign a scope of work and everything like that. And he decided that he wanted to talk about all the prices that were disclosed up front and complain about it after the fact and it's kind of like well we can't really do that so right know. i have clients not very often because i'm pretty reasonable but i've had a couple clients who you know i said said all right i i will agree to a flat fee mm-hmm. which is a risk on my part yeah could be a good thing could be a bad thing right right this one was a bad thing for me hmm and after everything was said and done, he's like, well, I'd like to cut that in half. Like, no. <laughs> I spent twice the number of hours I told you it would take because you created a problem. Right. No. Right. Um, but, and we had it in writing. Right. But it was yeah. an issue. Yeah. Um, so get it in writing. Yep. The other big piece of advice I would give you is... 
If you're negotiating a deal, whether that be with real estate, whether it be buying a car from a private seller, anything, um, you should never leave a voicemail message detailed enough to inadvertently create a contract. Wow. Does that happen? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So I had a case where... <laughs> I can't imagine leaving that long of a voicemail message. I'd get in and be like, hey, this is Ben. Uh, call, call me back. Right. That's that's a normal voicemail. Yes. I have voicemails that somebody will go on and on for five minutes. I don't listen to all of it. Um, yep. Because they're just going to tell me the whole thing again when I call them back. Yep, exactly. But if you leave a voicemail that says, hey, Bob, I got your offer. I accept your terms. Let's get this done. That sounds like a contract to me. Yeah. It says, I got an offer. So yeah. a con- to have a contract, there needs to be offer, acceptance, and consideration. Yeah. So I got your offer. Mm-hmm. I accepted. Mm-hmm. You throw in consideration, which could yeah. be a dollar. Yeah. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Additional. Sounds like a contract. Yeah. What are the terms? Yeah. Hmm. You don't want to leave that in a voicemail. No. No. Right. Because who knows what that is. Right. So you at least want to have basic terms, yeah, clear, stated, signed off on, yeah. Um, same thing with text messages. Mm. Ah, text message. Yeah, you have to be careful that because it's actual like writing. Yeah, you know, it's actually like something that uh, it, um, several years ago, probably I think it was like eight years ago, something like that. It was probably less than that now that I'm thinking about it. But either way, Supreme Court uh, basically decided to. Uh, I well, it might not have been the Supreme Court. <laughs> You know what? Forget that I started telling this story. This is stupid. Uh, all, <laughs> well, now every, I'm curious. Every, every single tweet uh, for the last, like, let's just call it five years, has been uh, put on, like, permanent record in the Library of Congress. Interesting. Yeah. Seems I, like a ginormous waste of time. I guess, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a cultural thing, and that's it's it is it is a culturally significant thing, which I guess is what the reasoning was. But the point is, uh, in that really long convoluted story that I screwed up, is that what you write is important and can mm-hmm. represent you for a very long time, especially in today's electronic age. Right. So you don't want to put anything in writing. That you would not be okay signing your name too publicly. Exactly. So, in an email, that's same thing. Text message. Mm-hmm. Social media. Social media. Yep. Anything like that. Yep. One, you can make it a contract inadvertently. Yeah. It could just be a big misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. But case law says yep. could be a contract. Yep. Um. Same thing, you don't want it in social media, anything else, remember that is always a reflection of you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's a kind of, it's an unrelated point to that degree, but I mean, it is it is an important one, you know, keep in mind what you post, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're looking for a quick reminder of real estate contracts, um, email, voicemail, mm-hmm. um, the Ohio State Bar Association's Law You Can Use uh, series, mm-hmm. um, Jack Levy of Plunkett, Coon- Plunkett Cooney, whew, right, law- <laughs> wonderful law firm downtown Columbus, um, did a quick little article that's will hmm. attach the link to because it's helpful just for your average person to yeah. look up and go, oh, that works. Interesting. Cool. 
So, yeah. Sweet. Sounds good. Right. So, I'm looking forward to your joke of the week. Do As you have I. it ready? I oh. do. Ooh. I do. I've got it. He prepared today? Yep. Unless my computer dies, and at that point you won't even know anyway, because I'll have to reboot the damn thing. Mm. But, uh, yes, it is up and ready. Look at that. So first, let's take care of our housekeeping. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, or ask questions. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can all follow... Ah, Jesus. See, right off the bat. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every week. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on, on social media, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at the Almighty Ben. Jen is not on Twitter, never will be, um, because she doesn't want her stuff recorded in the, the Library of Congress. Clearly. That's specifically the reason she told me. Uh huh. Or, or that's I a contract. Don't understand it at all. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just so long-winded that the character limit doesn't no, that's work the problem for me. With, that's that's the that's the lawyer joke right there. Is lawyers can't use Twitter because it limits you to 140 characters. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Nope. No. Yep. <sighs> Anyways, if you are new to the show, welcome. <laughs> we hope you come back. If you like the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day, head over to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And finally, we'd like to thank all of you, our listeners. It's because of you that our podcast exists. Uh, we uh, we have a, a, a growing audience and we, we welcome everybody, all the new folks and everything like that, regardless of where you live in the world. Um, you know, our friends in the Netherlands, howdy. I need to, we need to learn how to say hi in the language Dutch. that they speak in the Netherlands. Is it Dutch? Okay, <laughs> Jesus. See, this is how bad I am. <laughs> in, in you Dutch. know what, Netherlands fans? Light them up on Facebook. Just do it. Just do it. I, I've earned it. I apologize. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, uh, but no, we really appreciate you listening and we appreciate it, uh, that, that you share this with other people too. Uh, if you like what you hear, remember sharing is caring and, uh, uh, would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week? Yes. And next week I'm bringing you coffee. Please do. Yeah. God, I'm <laughs> tired. Uh, anyway, um, uh, why have scientists started using lawyers for experiments instead of rats? I don't know. They don't become so attached to the lawyers. Ouch. Yeah. How about them apples? Oh, we yeah. are not all bad people. No, just like three quarters or more. Oh, you know, so, yeah. your dad's one of us too. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. he is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe he's listening. You're going to be in trouble later. My father <laughs> probably has no idea how to listen to a podcast, to be honest Aww. with you. <laughs> I love my dad to death, but... He's, I would not. No, I don't think he's listening right now. My parents no, are neither. Probably they not. Don't get it. No, I have a hard time picturing your folks too. Yeah. So, well, anyway, until next time, folks. I'm Ben Edenthal, and I'm Attorney Jen Route, reminding you ignorance of the law excuses no <laughs> Ignorance of the law. Ignorance. Let's try that Let's again. Let's try that one more time. Go ahead. <laughs> And I'm Attorney Jen Route, reminding you, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We will see you next time. <laughs> this program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. 
Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.